Hi there. Welcome to the pod uh, that is called uh, Caring in Crisis. And my name is Olaf Sandstrom. I met two extraordinary people uh, when I was working as a humanitarian activist with stress and trauma. And I want you to meet them and I want to share our stories and experiences. First, let me introduce my colleague Gunilla. Yeah, so Olaf um, and I, we know each other since quite some time now because we've been working many places in the world internationally and uh, with in different kind of crisis situations and a lot in different refugee camps also. So we want to share with you some of the things that we have learned to keep ourselves sane in these kind of difficult situations and also some things that we have been teaching others and uh, for the same reason, to find calm in crisis. And one of the persons that we met now uh, five years ago actually, because that was in 2015, was Dr. Uh, Siana, who we found in a tent uh, on a hill outside a refugee camp on the island of Lesbos. Wasn't it, Siana? That's where we met the first time. Thanks for that introduction. I can just see myself like a little hermit sitting in my <laughs> tent on an olive grove <laughs> in, yeah. the, in, in the notorious camp of um, Moria in Lesbos. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm a family practitioner by training. Um, um, I won't tell you how long ago because I'm really old. But um, I, I decided to do my first medical mission in 2015 um, to respond to the refugee crisis at the time. And it's interesting, we're all sitting here now, self-isolating in another crisis, aren't we? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, you know, when we went there, it, we're, we're going to help people who are in a crisis, who are refugees from their homes. And now we're sitting here as refugees in our homes. Yeah, indeed. And yeah, and it's interesting because there are several things in that situation, those situations that are, are the same. I mean, we are in places that we don't really choose to be all the time, isn't it? Yeah, we don't choose to be here. And, and, and yet it's so much more important to do what we do. You and I, we were, our main concern is keeping sanity. Sanity is our business. How do we keep calm? And uh, that's actually how, how we started our collaboration, Sienna, wasn't it? Yeah, as you said, finding calm, I thought, yes, please. So although I'm a medical practitioner in my training and I have an interest in, in mental health, um, I'm also a mother. I'm a mother of five children, two, uh, the, the sanest and the calmest of my two are no longer living in my home. And I miss them dearly, my two big girls. And I've got my three boys who I love to bits. But hey, they are driving me crazy. And, you know, part of me thought, I'm, I'm sure there must be other parents in this situation. And so, you know, this, the purpose of today is really to talk about the people in us and, and how we're coping with this, this crisis we find ourselves in, the new coronavirus pandemic crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it is like you were uh, working, but you're not allowed to come to your work, isn't it? Because you had some some sneezing and I mean you have to stay at home now. Oh yes yeah. so so I'm self-isolating. I, I did about one week of work in March um, and uh, shortly afterwards and during that time as a as a, a frontline healthcare practitioner, I'm a, I'm a GP in the UK, I was exposed to a patient with symptoms who bypassed all the systems you know, I was assured that all the sister, all the patients are being triaged. Don't worry. And uh, uh, you look on the news and there's this thing about PPE. And at that time, it was like, PPE? Well, how dare you mention masks? That's so unfriendly. What is a PPE <laughs> for somebody who doesn't know? What's a PPE? PPE is uh, pre um, personal protective equipment. So it's, it's, the ah. kind, it's the thing 
that that our uh, government are talking a lot about and I really don't want to make this political but I have very strong feelings about it um, they are talking about a lot but they're not delivering so they're not delivering protective equipment to frontline medical staff uh, in the right way yeah, but the thing is this, uh, when we met in the Olive Grove, uh, me and Gunilla were there actually to distribute personal protective equipment, and because what we distribute are methods for keeping sane, ways of, um, ways of actually doing five-minute exercises that can bring down stress, whether you're a patient or you're working as a general practitioner or whatever it is. And I just want to put this on the map. So when we met you, you were working there, you were an activist, you were helping people. We were there spreading the PPE of, of what we call trauma tapping, which we'll tell everybody what that is in a little while. Um, and we just, instead of trying to explain it to you, we just, Gunilla just asked you, do you want to try it? Do you remember that experience? I do remember that experience and I thought, ooh, what are you guys going to do to me? <laughs> and yeah. um, I was but, but, a little bit skeptical, right? I was a little yeah, bit. Skeptical, but you, you, were, you were skeptical. Of course you were skeptical because we said that, you know, if, if you allow us or if you let Gunilla tap on your body for a few minutes, you might experience calm. But the part of you that was skeptical, which is, which is good to be, is probably the scientist and the doctor. And the other part was going, yeah, I'll have some of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, everybody was working too much. I mean, at that time, every, all of us who, who responded to that uh, situation, you know, wanted to do as much as possible. And I think you were one of them, wasn't it, Tiana? That's right. So, I mean, you know, when, and, and this applies uh, now too. Okay, let's, let's just think about this. You know, I, as soon as, um, you know, say they recruit me when I'm back, and put me in a hospital ward suddenly I'll find myself quite compelled to do long hours working and serving and what's the thing we do we disregard ourselves so um, as a as a healthcare practitioner and then of course on a mum you put yourself at the bottom of the list of needs and slowly slowly you're going to get tired physically tired mentally tired and and it's this thing where when do you press the pause button, the coronavirus pressed the pause button on our entire world. Yeah. When do yeah. we get that opportunity to put the pause button on our, ourselves? Mm. Yeah, and, 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 and I think that is what is so important. I, I try to tell that to my friends and all colleagues is, is that, I mean, this pause button, it is, it has a lot of challenges, but it is to use the time of challenges to do something. I mean, people have been in in different camps, in prisons. I mean, you've been in isolation in different ways. And some come out more wise than when they went in because you use the time to do something, you know, to, to, to help yourself or even to, you know, develop yourself, whether it's spiritually or intellectually or professionally, because there are so many ways that you can do this today. So instead of, you know, taking on to, I mean, this kind of stress relief that is alcohol or you know getting angry or frustrated there are things you can do and we really want to share some of that because that's what we shared also there in in Greece and what has been developing later on when we have been working with um, Siana and her organization that she created that you created um, Kitrinos and who is a medical care um, taking most of the medical care for the refugees still in Lesbos so uh, perhaps we should do a yeah, I, I, I think we should. And I also think, you know, I mean, we, we've been uh, we've been 
talking to people actually who have been a lot in those situations, refugees, people in prison, people working in prison, people mm. in hospitals. And the fact that you use the time instead of postponing life just because you're, you think that you're in quarantine, you postpone life saying, once I can walk the streets, I'll do this. Once I have enough time, once I have enough money, once I know my job exactly. is secure, once the kids aren't buggering me, you know, all these things are just postponing action that could change your life right now instead of waiting. Mm -hmm. So accepting the fact that, yeah, this is a pandemic. We have no idea where it's going. We, you know, this might go on for five minutes, for five years. We have no idea. Let's just accept it and just start doing things right now that make us feel better right now. That's the pause button. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, I do completely agree. And of course, I mean, first of all, taking all those precautions when it comes to your you know your health and your hygiene and all these but that are things that are are, are being voiced out all the time at least in the news in sweden i mean put, if you put on the television or the radio it is constantly these things that you hear but it is this part that is the mental health that we feel that we really have to you know take a much better grip on 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 or what you say siana can i yeah i i want to say something about that actually because um <clears throat> One of, I remember one of the first um, patients that I ever counseled in my training um, and we did a sort of, you know, six to eight week sessions, weekly sessions together. And, and she said something really important to me at the time. She said, you know, what's really health, important about managing a, 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 a mental health crisis now, okay, is that you, first of all, engage in help with the correct type of help, you know, someone who's knowledgeable and willing to listen. Um, but also there's this part of you that needs to take responsibility and empower yourself to continue to keep going. So yeah, we talk about hand washing and, you know, not touching your face, but the routine, the routine, your daily routine. And I, what I observed in this particular woman, she was a school teacher, um, was every time she came to see me, she was immaculate. She had bothered to get dressed, to put her makeup on, you know, to look fresh, to look clean. And, and this, this thing, I, I know, I can feel like a guy, as I observe my teenage children around me, they're quite happy to not bother changing out of their pajamas all day. The bed doesn't get made, you know, cups and mugs get left all around the house. But this sense of actually, you know what, we need to carry on. We need to pretend like we're going to work or we're going to school. And okay, I can't say that I have succeeded in being a homeschooling mum. Uh, probably I've actually failed, I confess, uh, because for my mental sanity, I cannot have that structure, that big structure of suddenly changing my home into a school as well as, you know, trying to do all the other work. And you mentioned the, the charitable work. I mean, it's a great um, uh, occupation for me, actually. I've been working from home for some years now, 
and so the office as it were at home is not very different you know I still have my my routine I have to wake up and I have to take meetings and calls and write reports and chase funding and create awareness for people who aren't available so more about that later yeah but I mean this is this is the reality I mean you're used to working from home and you know the challenges and also, we need to remember that people are different, so that self-compassion can be very good. And I, I think you, should, I think you're probably a very excellent um, mother uh, with with homeschooling. Uh, and I, the reason I say that is because we're not going to shame ourselves out of anything here, and we're not going to blame ourselves out of anything. We're simply going to just rejoice in whatever we can do, and do it well. And I think that there's going to be people showing up in pajamas at their jobs in the future because they learned it at home. So the world is going to change. I see this positive. I only see advantages. It's, it's, it's a maybe, you know, maybe that's just something. Yeah, I mean, and that is actually what I, I think and, and I keep discussing with friends because you can communicate over telephone or like over a Skype or, I mean, there are many ways or sending emails. And it is for some of my friends who say, oh, yeah, I was supposed to do this and this and now I cannot do it. And then I say, can't you find another way to do it? Because it isn't the same. I mean, you cannot have business as usual now. We don't know if there will be business as usual. You have to change things. So it, this with creativity, this is an opportunity to, 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 to look inside for your creativity. And if you don't find it yourself, we will, in these podcasts, give you some tips about how to find it, you know, because creativity and gratefulness, I mean, being grateful for what, what you actually have and a family, you know, instead of starting to be frustrated about people around you, be, you know, grateful that you have a family. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also must say, uh, Sienna, that you, you have been really inspiring for us because what you have been doing, uh, especially in, in Moria, in the, in the camp there, is uh, shown us that with an extreme lack of services for mental health or for care in any way, you've still managed to create an infrastructure and volunteers and people who are providing care in the absolute, in under circumstances that nobody normally would accept. So I think if anything, you're a master at that. Yeah, I mean, and now more than ever, because since everybody can understand that the refugee camp like Moria cramped with people, is a huge, 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 huge challenge. It's not a challenge, actually, it is a crisis. And we are, don't know what is really going to be the next day from day to day when it comes to now this corona crisis. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, thank you. For, I don't think I need to be pacified about that. That's actually what keeps me going day to day. But um, don't worry, I, I, I think my kids know <laughs> and, and you know, I suppose I suppose the thing is that we we need to be able to say um, to our kids and also demonstrate to our kids. You know what? Actually, there's a balance. Yes, you do need some kind of a routine, but actually, if you have a pajama day or two here and there, it's okay. The world won't collapse. You know, and I think that's what this coronavirus has demonstrated to us, isn't it? That actually, here we are, still breathing, living, eating and we're obviously very very blessed and very you know fortunate that we have comforts in in the homes that we have set up whereas the, the people I care for in Moria don't and and yes um, and I, I wondered if it would be really helpful to talk about some of these mindsets that that we that can be adopted um, you know the, this um, mindset of I'm stuck at home and instead saying actually I'm safe and I'm spending more time with my family 
which of course can be a good or a bad thing and, and learning to have that time and then giving them their space, especially when they're teenagers is, is a really fine juggling act. And um, I'd love to talk to anybody more who has mastered that one. No, usually I work with um, mental training for sports for, for athletes. Um, and usually the thing is this, whatever image you have in your mind, make sure it's something you want rather than something you don't want. So if you experience disorganization, create an image of organization. If you experience lack of time, create an image of abundance. So whatever image you have in your head controls where you're heading. That's your map. And, and then it also helps really, really a lot to just try these body-mind techniques that, that Gunilla and I have been uh, working with for so many years. Gunilla, uh, there's one. Why don't you tell the story about the gorillas? I like that one. Yeah, and, and yeah, so our work started in, in Rwanda and Eastern Congo and, and now also Uganda, and that's the home of the mountain gorillas. And they are actually now being very well protected or trying to protect them because we have 98% the same DNA. So if, if there's corona going into the gorillas, they will be extinct. So there is also the protection that. So that's why it's also nice now to also think about the other living beings on this on this earth and the gorilla tapping as we call it is um, it's an exercise that we teach to people um, an easy way to to relax because everything you do with your body will affect your will affect your mind so the gorilla tapping it is what you do is just you tap with your fingertips all over your chest just like you've seen a gorilla do or um, or Tarzan for those who knew Tarzan when he was on the movies a long time ago yeah, um, the first the movie yeah, the first movie. <laughs> With Johnny Weissmuller. Yeah, exactly. The, the swimmer. Time ago. <laughs> but just tapping on your chest. So if you just do it now while you're listening to this, you tap with your fingertips all over your chest. Um, you might even hear it through these microphones. And um, while you do that, you do a breathing. Because breathing exercises are a very profound way and a very basic way of finding calm. Uh, that we all because you always have your breath you keep breathing and you do it automatically because you but you can also breathe with intent and breathing with intent means that you actually think about that you're breathing so while you're doing this tapping over your chest you just breathe in like now you breathe in on the count of four and then you hold your breath two three four and then you breathe out <sighs> two, three, four, and then you hold your breath, two, three, four, and then you breathe in, two, three, four, and then you hold your breath, two, three, four, and then you breathe out, two, three, four, and then hold your breath, two, three, four, and then the last time, breathe in, three, four, and then you hold your breath, two, three, four, and then you breathe out, Two, three, four, and hold your breath while tapping. So, and then you can just breathe normally. And this exercise, we call it quick stress relief because it is quick. It takes like a couple of minutes and then you can find yourself breathing a bit more easily. And these exercises can seem very simple, but if we should find calm in this very special time, in this time of crisis, we have to learn these things that can help you and not just seeing that, oh, I cannot do this. I cannot do all the things I did before. No, but learn new things. 
Yeah, but I mean, everybody learns mouth to mouth. You know, if somebody has a drowning incident or the Heimlich maneuver, is food gets stuck in your throat. But what if a feeling gets stuck in your body, a feeling like anxiety? Then a simple exercise like this can actually release that just in a matter of minutes. And it may seem incredible, but in the same time, it's incredible that brushing your teeth two minutes a day will, you know, keep them from rotting in, in a couple of years. <laughs> So, um, I, you know, the thing about the breathing is so relevant because as we know, and sorry, this is the medic in me now talking, is um, uh, coronavirus brings out a, quite a severe respiratory illness and it's it really can affect your breathing. And in fact, on one of my medical um, forums yesterday, they were emphasizing how important it is. Like if you actually happen to develop um, COVID-19 disease, um, obviously your lungs uh, at the most severe time is going to be really incapacitated and it is so important in the early stages of that illness to do exactly the exercise we've just um, demonstrated and taking such deep breaths that you aerate the base of your lungs because the base of your lungs when you're moribund lying in bed with a burning fever is the part that will stay collapsed and that is where pneumonia can potentially start. So actually we have a, a, a video going around, which isn't the best made video, but you know, it illustrates this point of how you do exactly what Gunilla just did, take those deep breaths. And then I think at the end, you actually, you do five of those, you know, in the fashion that you just did. And then at the end of five cycles, you do a little sort of, and do this safely, don't do it in somebody's face, do it into your elbow or into a tissue, do a cough. <coughs> And um, the cough actually just, again, just pops open those, the tiniest uh, little bubbles in your lung called the alveoli. Alveoles. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's so brilliant. I mean, to, 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 because it is like, because sometimes when we get some pain somewhere, we stop doing something with that part of the body or like that with the lungs because it feels uncomfortable. So we tend to breathe even less. And that, like you say, is even the most dangerous thing we can do when we have challenges with our lungs, to use them, because they also need this exercise to be able to do the work they do also in challenge time. Yeah, and also, um, actually, when you add the tapping, it does a lot of neurological stuff that we're not going to go into right now, but we will in future podcasts, because we have, um, there's a lot of very interesting research today that shows how these very simple interventions, like, like Sienna just explained, actually make a difference, a life and death difference. So um, the, the thing is this, uh, w when we do these tapping and breathing exercises, it calms the nervous system down. And that could be the difference between needing a respirator and not. Because there have been patients that have said that when they have felt the need for air, um, they have been stressed and the stress actually makes it even harder to breathe because stress constrains the body and tenses the muscles. So what they've been doing is they've been doing um, posting reports and there's even a video with one person who, who was in hospital, couldn't really get the respirator yet. They tried the tapping exercise with the breathing and they actually could postpone the emergency feeling for uh, almost half an hour, which could be very valuable time. I mean, panic, if you think about someone going into a full-blown panic attack, the first thing that happens is their breathing is completely out of order. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I have to say, even when I work in hospitals, I have sometimes had to resort to a paper bag and getting them to just rebreathe their air and just calm down so they don't 
you know, become dizzy with over-breathing. How does that work? Why do you breathe in a... I always wonder, please, Dr. Sayana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, without... Ter- okay, I, I have been out of hospital medicine and I haven't done biochemistry for a few years now, but basically, when you over-breathe, you, it's a balance between the oxygen levels and the carbon dioxide levels in your blood. And so right. when you over-breathe, what you actually do is you, you blow out too much carbon dioxide and you effectively, that, that in itself, the balance is disturbed, can actually affect the acidity and um, the pH of your blood, basically. Hmm. And that so, alone, yeah. So basically having a face mask could actually help me to breathe Rebreathe your air and, and yeah, rebreathe a little bit. <laughs> so, so <laughs> look, as I say, I'm not an intensivist. I I haven't uh, been dealing with the pH of blood and oxygenation of blood for some years. But um, it is important to understand that the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide, especially in in coronavirus um, illnesses, is one of the things that kills. So when people then reduce their oxygen levels to below a certain level you will not survive without, without supplemental oxygen on your face. But yes, so breathing, actually it's about the carbon dioxide and not the oxygen. Yeah, so deep, deep breathing, making sure you get air all the way down to the lungs, tapping at the same time over your chest, adds a neurological calmness that we can go into later. And uh, ending right in these times right now, ending with a cough into your elbow will actually spark some life into the parts of your lungs that are maybe not, running at top speed at the moment. Uh, we have an app that is free to download and it's called Self Help for Trauma. Uh, and you might regard trauma in this case, it might sound like a big word, but it's not. It just means stress up to a very high level. It shows uh, an additional tapping sequence, which is longer. It's for Android and iOS and it's free. It's in 27 languages. Please try it, Self Help for Trauma. Just download it, look at it. Try it, it's five minutes and it could, like brushing your teeth or, or you know, any other exercise that we do that is for our health, it could really, really raise your odds of handling the situation. Yeah, and now of course it is, I mean, definitely to be compared to washing your hands because that is what we are encouraged to do all the time. So we said, you know, hand exactly. wash and a tooth, and a, I mean, hand hygiene, tooth hygiene and also emotional hygiene. Don't forget the emotional hygiene. Because the more we take care of ourselves, the more resistance we have, the more resilience, as we call it, uh, you have. I mean, what you eat, what you do, what you think, all this comes together, you know. So we have to take care also of the ecosystem inside ourselves with what we eat and also how we breathe and what we do with our thoughts. So, you know, this is super important. Yeah, and I, I think maybe maybe it's a time to round this this uh, first uh, part of our pod series up. Uh, for this is caring in crisis, uh, from people working in crisis to being in crisis, talking about finding calm in crisis situations. Share it with somebody that you love and care about, and send it around, and just make it spread faster than whatever we don't want spreading right now. You know the what? I'm not going to say the name. So I'm going to say thank you for me, and and uh, and thanks for this time. Thank you so much. Um, this is Gunilla, and uh, we hope to see you next time or hear you next time. Thank you for listening. And this is uh, Dr. Siana, and uh, we hope to keep sharing with you um, all the little tidbits that help us to survive. Yeah, let's survive and this thrive. together. Survive, survive and, and thrive. thrive. Yes. <laughs>
Love it. In Sweden, we say Smurf when two people say this thing at the same time. We'll explain that later on. Yeah. I think Siyama said jinx. Yeah. Yeah. So, on a good note, take care, people. Breathe deeply. Breathe, breathe, breathe.